from their studio high above the masses at the Cardinal Capital Tower in South Louisiana, the purveyors of commercial capital and savants of business finance. Your hosts, Rob Powell, Gary Anderson, and Chris Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, this is Chris, Gary, and Rob. We are talking episode two of our podcast. And uh, thank you. If you made it through the first one, thanks for coming back. And uh, today we're going to talk about how we have evolved Cardinal Capital um, and what we're seeing now. Originally, we left off with uh, how we work with clients particularly. And this, as you can imagine, puts us in touch with banks and lending institutions of all stripes all across the country. And we learn a lot from dealing with them. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, again, where we're going now, some of the things that we've got that are exciting to us and exciting to the industry and what I would call disruptors, which is where we're very comfortable. So one, go ahead. one of the things that we found is that when we're talking to lenders uh, about our potential deals that we'd like to show to them, is we find out what those lenders, whether they're, they're banks or not, know and don't know about other forms of lending. Like what? A lot of lenders have a very negative view of government guaranteed loans. Mm -hmm. And you ask them why, and they say, well, you know, if, if, if we need the guarantee to make this deal, why would we make it if we wouldn't make it otherwise? Mm -hmm. And we've actually had that, question, had that but, from bank yes. presidents. And, and we inform them that the real power of SBA lending to the, to the lender is the fact that they can sell that loan in the secondary market the day after they close the loan mm -hmm. and, uh, A, make a very good profit on that loan right then and B, continue to service that loan, in other words, keep that customer, uh, and move forward from there, and C, get their money back, because they've sold the loan, so they can go make another loan. Mm -hmm. And I have had bank presidents look at me and say, you're kidding. Mm -hmm. So no, no, that's the real power of being an SBA lender is that you get to sell that loan the day after you make it. You can get the extreme majority of your money back. You have to continue a small participation. but And you get to keep servicing it, so you've got all the ancillary business that goes with it. Mm -hmm. And is there any reason why you wouldn't want to do that? And I've had them look at me and say, what, what else can you tell me about this? So we've actually developed a real good relationship with the state and regional SBA district offices as being somebody who can work with uh, currently non-government guaranteed lenders, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which includes USDA business and industry program, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, and being folks who can go in there and show them why they should do that. That would be a phone call. Hang on. From and a reminder that I'm going duck hunting tomorrow. Yes, ma'am. I'm doing great. We want to edit this or we just want to show the day? Yeah, we'll keep off. it. We'll keep it. Um, <laughs> all right, Chris. Well, while Gary is taking a, a call from, I believe, a client, 
Um, I hope it's a client. Yeah. Uh, why don't we talk, because you and I deal with, um, with a couple of banks that are evolving their product offering. And we've found a niche because we are in the unique position of seeing, uh, seeing what the industry is doing. And not just what they're reporting, and we can all get that information, but you know what they're doing, where their risk profile is as a bank, um, where their growth is, and some of the legacy, I, I, I can't help but say legacy uh, stumbling blocks, roadblocks, and most of them are self-imposed, in my opinion. So why don't you... I don't know if they're self-imposed, it's just... Uh... I would call it trail nag syndrome. This is the way that we've always gone. This is yeah, the way that yeah, we always have done it. Yeah. And, and so it's just path of least resistance, and we're just going to keep moving forward. The issue is, is that now, with interest rates rising, and if they continue to rise, uh, the last time we were, we were in a rising rate environment was more than 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. If somebody that's in the bank is still there, either they're, they've been retired, mm-hmm. they're dead, or they're starting to have dementia and can barely remember the 70s mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. probably one of a number of reasons. Uh, yes, yes, marijuana is now back and legal in most states. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that. So many people in the bank just aren't prepared. So now if you're a bank and you've always lent on real estate, we won't do a deal unless it has real estate. Oh, crap. What's the most volatile thing whenever rates rise? Real estate. Whoops. Mm-hmm. And so now we're overburdened. What do we do? How do we handle that? Where do we go from here? Um, and so now we're working with banks and giving them ideas because we deal with non-bank units. Why don't you create a non-bank unit to do X, mm-hmm. whatever X may be? Um, if X is commercial loan brokerage. Uh, it might be real estate, loan, I mean, residential real estate loan brokerage. It could be, why don't we start a non-bank unit to do maybe SBA lending off to the side such that we can bring in, with our little bitty bank, we can bring in other banks with us and give them a piece and we share in the profitability uh, mm-hmm. of doing that. So there's a lot of things that we're now doing and how the conversation evolved, I think we were all sitting once again in a bar, uh, <laughs> hanging out with a bunch of bankers, and I had a, a CEO that was sitting next to us, and I, I kind of looked at him, and he, I mentioned, if I had a bank, I'd have a bank that wouldn't lend any money. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like I was insane. Mm-hmm. We all went out for another time, had a couple of more beers, did whatever, and he looked at me and said, what was your idea with the bank? And I said, a bank that doesn't, have any, that doesn't lend any money? Mm-hmm. And he, he thought about it again. The third time he came back and he said, okay, how would you do it? What would you do to create this? And so as I laid, laid this out, as we as Cardinal laid it out, the light bulb went off in that CEO's head. Mm-hmm. And so now he is working with us to create that very vision to help insulate the bank against rising rates and being able to deploy more money in the community and lend more than they've ever had previously. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're, we're doing some unique things like that. Some of the other unique things that we're doing is we've, again, we have a small bank, legal lending limit is $5 million. We got them to do a $20 million loan. Right. Okay, how do you do that? Well, 
It's a government guaranteed loan. The guaranteed portion of the loan does not account against their legal lending limit, so therefore they can get it done. It's the largest loan in 109 years of this bank's history. It is more than one quarter of their production annually. Yep. And one loan. And the board doesn't know what to do with it or how to do with it. So mm -hmm. got a call from the CEO who's handling this loan personally, as he should, and said, okay, Chris, what's your plan B? If for whatever reasons I can't get this over the hump, what's the plan B? And I said, okay, I don't actually have, let me tell you about plan A 2.0 versus plan B. And he goes, well, what's plan A 2.0? Plan A 2.0 is I have another bank that will participate, will do a 50-50 split with you on the loan up front, and they will buy the guaranteed portion of the loan, which is about $16 million, on the backside. And they will do that. And you split the fees. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that a little bit more in depth. And he goes, okay, is that all you got? And I said, no, not hardly. Mm -hmm. and he said, I got plan plan A 3.0. And he goes, well, what's plan A 3.0? Mm -hmm. I said, well, plan A 3.0 is same bank that was going to buy the loan and participate. Yeah, they're, they're just going to buy the loan this time. But I have another bank that will buy the non-guaranteed portion of the loan from you. Right. And so now you don't have any of the loan, but you're going to end up making about 5% or so on the loan up front. Mm -hmm. Any reason why you wouldn't want to make 5% on $20 million and you put that money out there and the very next week you get all your money back plus your five, you right. know, more, a little bit more than 5%. And he's like, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. And he said, he said, okay, I'm good. And I said, well, wait a minute, I didn't get to plan B yet. <laughs> and he goes, well, why do we need plan B? I said, we always have yeah. multiple plans. And he goes, okay, well, what's plan B? And I said, well, plan B is I've got a bank from outside the state that, yes. that's actually, that they've been looking at this for the past three months. They're waiting for you to decline it so they can jump in and become the heroes that you should have been. Yeah. And he kind of got a little grumpy and, a, and, a, and, and laughed at the same time. Yeah. He goes, okay, I get it. I said, yeah, go, go take, stick with plan A. If that doesn't work, go to 2.0, 3.0. Yep. You be the hero for the client. You you be the hero for this mm -hmm. client. And uh, he's like, I get it. And really, what did we do? We actually put him in the position of being the hero for the client. Because exactly. the client doesn't know really what we're doing and how we're doing right. it in the background. They just know that this project is the absolute importance to build and grow their business. Right. And this is what we're going to do. And, and what I love about this is... This is unique to this particular market and unique to, well, this bank. But the problem that this size of bank and these community banks have across the country are the way, and when I say self-imposed, it's, it's their way of thinking that is preventing them from doing that. And they're getting steamrolled by, uh, I mean, they're losing market share by some of these larger banks that come in that have the capacity to not only think that way, but put fintech in place to help automate some of that, and and they've got the metrics to manage as well. Uh, the smaller banks don't think that way because they have legacy. Because like you said, I mean, we're in a rising interest rate environment. The last time, they probably don't have employees that have been there very long to, to think outside, uh, I hate to use the term, but outside the box. So uh, 
you know, to me, this is a great evolution of our company, and there's a huge market out there for what we provide. And uh, you know, frankly, our problem is how do we price for this service? But you know, we're getting there. And we'll figure it out. But I mean, it, it's not only that, Rob. I mean, you mentioned the uniqueness of, of all of that. Really, the uniqueness of us is we're going to be going to a broker conference in October. You're going to meet. A, we're going to meet all these little brokers, and all these little brokers are running around and and doing whatever. We're a unicorn amongst them mm -hmm. because all they want to do is, Mr. Smith, thank you for your loan. They'll go to Mary at the bank or, or whatever lender or us mm -hmm. Google platform or they picked up their business card at some wherever and say, hey, Mary, here's the loan, Mr. Smith, Mary, Mary, Mr. Smith, okay, Mary, you owe me money. And then they walk away. Mm -hmm. And whenever stuff goes wrong, bleh. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're not that. We're solutions-based, we're tenacious, we're going to keep up with it. That's not the level of transaction service that we want to provide. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, the $20 million loan that I mentioned earlier, we're actually working with the client sourcing about $3 million worth of New Markets tax credits to where essentially he is going to go into that loan, zero money down on building an equipment acquisition to move forward. Right. Um, there's a lot more... We could have a whole other podcast just about that one deal. And we probably will. But and we really need to get the bank and the once it all closes out, we'll get the bank and the owner yep, on yep. and do and, and do the whole dog yep. and pony show. Yep. But that's our part of our uniqueness as well, is not just whatever. It's actually understanding it and as we presented the last time, creating that solution. Yep. Yep. And a lot of times like we say all the time is the uh, the client and the bank don't know the solution. So it's up to us to listen to the entirety as well as the specific uh, challenges that they see, translate all that, and then provide a solution for that, that client and, frankly, for the bank. Well, oh, by the way, on that same loan, in 109 years of the bank's history, by the way, rural bank, they have never done a USDA business and industry, BNI loan, mm -hmm. that's designed for rural in the 109 years for the bank. So this is their first rural BNI loan. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, for all the listeners out there, we've also learned you cannot use a United States Department of Agriculture loan to purchase livestock, which is completely foreign and weird to us. You actually have to do an SBA loan to go buy the livestock, right, but you right. can use the BNI loan to buy the farm. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. That's government it's, for you. Yeah, and, and then we we can sprinkle farm service, FSA, into all of this as well. But, yeah, yeah, there's some crazy stuff that we have learned over time that just make you want to go, hmm, what? Yeah. So, anyhow, our, um, this is the evolution, and we will, uh, now that we're working our way through podcasts, we will probably do an entire podcast on some more specifics about that service of Cardinal Capital. And if you have any questions for any of us, uh, feel free to reach out to us at info at cardinalcap.net. Or you can go to our website, it's cardinalcapital.net, or excuse me, cardinalcap.net, and uh, look us up there, and we'll be happy to get right back to you. We work virtually 24-7, and uh, we'll get back to you later. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Capital Podcast. 
Connect with us online at cardinalcap.net. That's cardinalcap.net. Or give us a call at 225-308-3700. Or email us at info at cardinalcap.net. Join us next week for another episode of the Cardinal Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening.